and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the show that is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. There you're going to find interviews with your favorite photographers, review on gear that you're interested in getting, but most of all, you're going to find some amazing photography. Head on over to fujilove.com. And as always, this show is all about the Fujifilm X-Series GFX cameras and the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and joining me this week is Seth Hughes. He is an amazing travel photographer. He has been a commercial photographer in the past, and now he is traveling with his own uh, house on the road. He is traveling with his wife in an airstream, and they are taken in the countryside, and as well as doing work all around the country. Uh, you could check out his YouTube channel by doing a quick search for Seth Hughes. But most of all, let's get into the interview because he was so much fun to chat with and his lifestyle is so amazing. So let's get right into it. So without further ado, I want to introduce Seth Hughes to the show. Seth is an amazing travel photographer, commercial photographer, He's also a Fujifilm ex-photographer, and he is probably living the lifestyle that I, a lot of us would dare love to, to, to do. Seth, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome aboard. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, good to finally be on here. I've been a long-time listener, first-time caller, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> We've been uh, planning to do the interview, but then life gets in the way. I think we've had so many different uh, bounce backs and then like uh, an email yeah. gets lost, a thread gets uh, buried and um, th this is a long time coming, but I'm glad to have you on the show, man. Yeah, agreed. It's mutual. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's prestigious to be on the show. There's so many great photographers that you have on as guests. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good stuff. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, let's talk about your work. Um, so first of all, I got to say uh, a thank you to helping me make the decision to uh, pick up the X100V. Uh, this was <laughs> uh, back when it first came out. I remember having uh, sending uh, text messages back and forth between uh, Allison Conklin and I, we were, she, she was really trying to get me to buy the camera. She was <laughs> amazing photos of her dog, uh, of her dogs. And, um, and, and then what finally nailed it was your video, uh, uh, on using the X 100. And I think you were in tombstone when, when, when you did the video or, or the video. Yeah. Was tombstone. yeah and right. What nailed it for me was that again, you, gave it a practical use you were going around taking photos uh you weren't just talking specs you were talking about uh how you're going about your routine just just having a good time snapping away and really uh touting the the video capability even though it's not like the the top of the line it it you gave it a practical guide and practical use to, to how you would use it uh, when you're out in the field that nailed it for me. And, uh, so, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad that I was able to help. I never know. Um, like when I make those videos, when I put them out there, like who's, who's going to see it or if any, any of it is really <laughs> worth watching. <laughs> So uh, get right into it. You are, how would you classify yourself? Are you more of a travel photographer? Are you more of a commercial production kind of photographer? How would, how would you classify your type of work right now? Man, I've been all over the board in my career. Like, <clears throat> um, I just love it all. I can't, it's so hard to, you know, um, specialize or, or pigeonhole would be another word yeah. for it. I just love all things visual. Um, like, yeah, from portraits to 
landscapes, um, editorial to commercial. I've done weddings. I've um, done architectural photography. I've just, I've been, I've done it all. And I, I guess what it boils down to is I just love variety. But um, at the end of the day, you kind of got to focus on the things that are going to pay the bills. So um, yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of my work that um, that I focus on, I primarily is commercial and um, like uh, some tourism photography, and then um, and then a little editorial sprinkled on the side. Uh, <laughs> but it's like a diverse mix, especially these days. You got to be really creative um, with. Not only your photography, but your income streams, because boy, it's uh, it's a challenge out there to make a living as a photographer these days. But um, especially I, uh, now with uh with with COVID still right, yeah, in, in its grips uh, everywhere. Um, yeah. So, yep. just to kind of paint a picture for everybody, uh, first of all, everybody should check out your work um why don't you tell the world where they could find you on the web so that way they can look at the photos as we discuss your uh sure yeah um my easiest place to go would be instagram it's it's at seth k hughes um and then my website is seth k hughes.com um and then youtube as you mentioned um YouTube slash YouTube.com slash Seth K Hughes there. So Twitter, yeah. Seth K Hughes, it's all Seth K Hughes. So yeah. Nice. That's where I'm at. Uh-huh. Very easy to find. Uh, very yeah. easy to spell too. Uh, we, um, so I, the question I have is, do you live in the Airstream full time or is that kind of like mobile base, but you uh, have a home to go home to basically for those who uh, are yeah. checking out your uh youtube video uh youtube channel for the first time you uh-huh. are traveling the country in that gorgeous airstream and uh and go where you know the wind takes you uh so mm-hmm. what is how, how is that set up for you like what 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 is um the actual setup and Man, how how did that come about? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I uh, I'm I was too. <laughs> I, cool. Yeah, I'm happy to answer questions for anybody who wants to get into this lifestyle because it's absolutely the best thing that my wife and I ever did. But um, I was I was a full time in house photographer for uh, Sports Authority, a big box like you know sporting goods store. Um, yeah, I, I landed that job out of right out of photography school in Denver and um, <clears throat> had a, a really great experience there working, um, you know, in the corporate world. Uh, I learned a whole lot and um, really like cut my teeth on um, commercial advertising campaigns and, and working with models and going on location and producing photo shoots and and all of that was just like hugely valuable experience but um after a while there i just kept hitting this glass ceiling as far as creativity goes and um it was like this formulaic approach to to all of the content that they were using for advertising and i after a few years i was just like beating my head against the wall because i just wanted to to grow and do so many more things and um so I put this as exit strategy in place where I was just saving every cent, every penny I could. Um, and I knew that I had to get on to the next phase of my career. And I didn't really know what that was, but I always had, I've always had this keen interest in travel and adventure. And I grew up in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And, and so I, I just grew up in the outdoors and um, have had the, the, the photo bug, you know, firmly planted, um, from when I was just a kid. So I had this, this grandiose plan to, um, go out and explore the, the continent. Um, and I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. And then one day I saw an Airstream and it just, something just clicked and I knew like, that is my ticket out of here. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I saved a bunch of, bunch of money and managed to buy an Airstream and even more miraculously, I, I managed to, convince my wife 
to come along with me and live in, in a trailer. Um, she hadn't really done any camping. Um, I mean, she loved travel and the outdoors, but like it to commit to, you know, full-time traveling in an Airstream, which, you know, is 180 square feet where it's one like tube, it's one room, you know, and there's no privacy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of inherent challenges. It gets glamorized, but it's actually, um, it gets unglamorous pretty quick um, when you have to like empty black tanks and repack bearings and um, you run, you run out of water and you're showering with wet wipes. Like you don't see that stuff on Instagram, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, it gets uh, unglamorous pretty quick at times. But anyway, um, <clears throat> my wife, God bless her. She moved, she decided to take the leap with me and we got on the road and um, haven't really looked back since it's just been fantastic. Um, so we, we've been full-time since, um, wow, since 2014, uh, there was one year that we took off where we were just kind of doing Airbnbs and, um, we, we hunkered down in Montreal and lived in Montreal for, um, several months. And then, um, um, and then stopped we we went to Baja and kind of stopped traveling and um, rented a house in Baja for a couple months. So, but for the, for most, the, for the most part of seven years, um, yeah, we've been living out of the Airstream um, as a, as a home base, but, but um, technically our, our primary residence is Denver and that's where we're, we, we go back every like several times a year just to um, check in with friends and family and check in with our, um, on our house, you know, that we still have there. Um, and we, we rent out. Oh, gotcha. So, All right. So yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, how has the traveling affected your photography that must've opened up a whole avenue of just endless possibilities. You could do any kind of photography anywhere. Right. Yeah. It's a little daunting too. There's so many things you can point your camera at and it's all, I find it all <laughs> fascinating. I love it all. It, I, I jumped into, um, astrophotography. It had a lot of fun learning, learning that and, um, and, uh, working on landscape photography and, and then, um, doing a lot of, uh, Meeting up with, um, I had a lot of connections like from my uh, commercial days, like with um, models and people that I had met. So I would meet up with them along the way on the road and and um, produce some stock photography shoots that way. And um, and then just good old fashioned. I love documentary photography too. So um, I'll go on trips. Uh, like adventures and, and do documentary photography and stuff like that. So <clears throat> yeah, as if you couldn't tell, I just have a hard time <laughs> like focusing on one genre of photography. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, did all, the, it's all good. Did the channel come out uh, as a result of your traveling, or like is that something that came uh, much later down the road? Um, to, to just kind of help you with, with promoting your, your work. How, how did that come about? Um, I was one of the things when I was in the, in the corporate world was that I wanted to shoot more video and do um, yeah. more filmmaking. And <clears throat> I'm a big uh, believer in learning by doing and um, YouTube was just kind of an obvious um avenue to channel that creative energy um so i learned a lot about um shooting video and and uh, a lot of what to do and what not to do um mm-hmm. in that youtube channel so you'll see in the, in my early videos it is just it is a hot mess um <clears throat> but i had the enthusiasm and i just went out there and i hit record and i got i got over my well there is still a, a little bit of a fear barrier but um i was I was just having fun with it and um, that's really what launched the channel. So um, you'll see back in 2016 is when I just decided, you know what, I'm going to start documenting some of my travels. And one of the first videos I did was um, uh, a little, I did a hike in at Linville Falls in um, North Carolina along the Blue yeah. Ridge Parkway. And I took my, 
X Pro Two, and I and I took it on the adventure, and I was just showing people how the hybrid viewfinder worked, and and I was like, man, that was so much fun. I loved creating the, that video, and so it just kind of snowballed from there. But um, I lost momentum after that, after doing probably a dozen videos. It was just uh, it's so it's so much work to have a YouTube channel. I, I think unless you're actually doing it, it's it's hard to really appreciate the level of commitment that's involved in it having is. a YouTube channel. It's yeah, it's insane. Um, so I pick it back up now and then like, um, yeah, the X 100 V video that was another, that was something just total passion project. And we happened to be in our tombstone. I was like, this is, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to show what this camera can do. And so yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. And, um, so yeah, that that was how I got into into YouTube. I wish I could spend more time on it. I really would love to double down on it. And you know, like like you've had Thomas Heaton on there. I love what he does on his channel. Um, and I would love to to just be able to do that, make make my own content on my own channel. So maybe someday, but right now it's it's hard to justify to put putting all that time into those videos when there's not a lot of ROI it's financially speaking. Right. And, and to Thomas's point, like he had to also do a lot of diversification just to uh, make a living out of it, which, uh, I, you know, same, same boat that you're in. Yeah, um, yeah. How has with, with the, the traveling and, you know, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, kind of aspiration that we all kind of uh, look to uh, romanticize, I, I would say. How has that been affected by all the COVID uh, stuff in the, for the past year? Uh, how has that impacted uh, your way of, I mean, your way of life in, in addition to your, your work? Mm -hmm. Um. Well, there, I did a vlog, it's been about a year ago, you know, since the, the pandemic was just getting going. Um, mm. And it's a, it's a vlog. It's, um, it's called quarantine, RV quarantine um, on public land, something to that effect. So we're basically, um, we were parked out on uh, BLM land in Arizona and yeah, it was. That's a pretty good representation of what it what it's been like for the past year, um, where we've just been really far out there, um, out into the wilderness and in nature, and and we we only really make trips into town to get groceries like every couple weeks, um, and then we're just back out like distancing as basically as far out as we can get. But honestly, I mean that's not a huge difference from how we normally do it because um, we just love being in nature so much and exploring so in that respect um, <clears throat> we've we've been really blessed really lucky to be able to um, to be in in the position where we can be outdoors um, <clears throat> and so the past year has been um, it's actually having having nature out your front door is it's just I mean there's nothing better as far as I'm concerned um, it's 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 been priceless. So my wife yeah. and I both really love to, you know, to hike and, and bike. And, and I mean, there's, there's scientific studies that show how valuable nature and exercise are to mental health. And so that's been a huge boon to, uh, to have that access to. Agreed. That is yeah. uh, something that I am trying to do more of uh i mean with with working lately we we finally start to get the nice weather and then you know we have the windows open because the air, you know air feels great and the birds are singing uh -huh. it's like, uh, I, I just gotta finish up what i gotta do and oh man it's uh, I, I can't finish work fast enough i just want to go inside. yeah 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 i know you start playing the game is this what what am i doing can it wait another few hours a few days <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah usually when i'm in that frame of mind that's like uh that's my red flag that's like yeah you need to get outside 
Um, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I lean, I lean towards work, oh, workaholic. Um, and my wife has to remind me to, you know, get, just get out of here, go do something, you know, it's cause the last thing we want to do is be traveling around the Airstream and just be in the Airstream you know, yeah. the whole time, you know, not like, uh, that's if we, if we're just traveling around working all the time, that really defeats the purpose. So totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's let's rewind the clock. Uh, go back to uh, when you were first uh, either introduced to uh, art or introduced to photography. Uh, I think you mentioned in your uh, bio that your grandmother was a huge influence on your. Uh, love for the for, for the arts whether it's photography or any yeah. other kind of work uh, like go back to that like she gave you your first camera your first photo albums your first set of films uh yeah. what what how old were you and, and like what did she give you like what what, what i mean in addition uh-huh. to the gear i'm kind of curious what kind of uh-huh. camera she gave you but like what did she want you to do um uh-huh. it, yeah she um she was a like a great photographer in her own right um and she she was a mom of um of actually eight kids and so she was uh that's a full-time job in itself but she loved photography and so she always had her camera and she was documenting um her kids and she would fill volumes and volumes of photo albums and those pictures are just priceless now looking back on them. It's, they're just like gold to see, you know, like my dad and my um, aunts and uncles when they were growing up and just to see like the, the things they would get into. And um, uh, like she documented my uncle, uh, he had a job at McDonald's and I, she walked into McDonald's with her camera and had him pose like behind the cash register. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would have been just like so humiliated. But now looking on, looking back on that picture, like that's priceless. That's such a great photograph of, of just vernacular, you know, being at that, in that time and in that place, like that's, uh, I just, it's, it was so good. Um, so she, she did, she was really great um, with, with her photography and um so when i when i got to be seven um i she put a camera in my hands uh she got me a like a kodak instamatic and it had it had one of those cube flash cubes on top where um you, you snap the shutter and and there's like a burst of an actual explosion of light yeah. happens <laughs> it's it's inside the cube and then you turn the cube and then you have three more pictures with your flash and and then a roll of um, negative film and so she just she set me up with that camera and a bunch of film and then some empty photo albums and just said go for it you know and then at that point um it was a whole different ball game because i had just been i was before that i was just like oh no not another photograph you know she would have us like you know pose for a photograph and like every turn and it, it was pretty uh pretty annoying at you know, to have to do that yeah. as, a, as a young kid but then she's she flipped the script on me and then i became the one you know taking the pictures and telling people you know to to smile and and sit and go stand over there yeah but, um yeah yeah so i sure appreciate that now though but yeah it was it was great and so we're you know going forward a little bit when did uh photography become the 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 desire for you know a career in addition to just being uh, a casual photographer like wh- when did that occur um yeah so it started out like just kind of as like a little hobby as I, when i was a kid and then i i kind of I didn't really do any photography through, you know, grade school or high school. Although I did have yeah. a camcorder, uh, I loved I loved making home videos, but um, I just kind of forgot about photography. And then um, after high school, I I knew that I was an artist and I wanted to do visual arts. And so I I went to uh, art school and studied multimedia in Seattle, 
um, and spent a whole lot of time on the computer uh, learning, you know, um, design and color theory and, and creating animations and editing video and stuff like that. And I loved it, but I, I didn't, I didn't love being glued to a computer screen, like, yeah. you know, 24 <clears> seven. <throat> so I knew that I needed to make a little shift. And, um, after I got that multimedia degree, I, I went back to Jackson, I went back home and tried to recalibrate and I knew I wanted to spend more out, more time outside, but I still wanted to be creative. And so that's when um, photography came back into the, into the picture, you know, so to speak. And um, some friend of mine um, was getting married and I was, um, I was like, I had a, I had this vision of me, like, you know, shooting their wedding. And so I, I, I managed to plunk down a few hundred dollars and buy a used um, film cam like SLR camera. And <clears throat> that was pretty much, uh, that was it. That, the rest is history. I, I shot that wedding, um, paid the camera off. And then I was just out photographing the Tetons and, and my friends out uh, backpacking and camping and all what the things. Um, at the time it was a uh, Canon EOS rebel and um that was just like all all i knew you know to get it it was just what was what, what was available um but i was shooting fujifilm uh <clears throat> i had no idea where where i would be <laughs> so many years <laughs> later uh still you know using fujifilm um but i was learning how to expose I was learning all about f-stops and shutter speeds and um, trying to uh, figure everything out on my own <clears throat> without the benefit of digital. It was a huge challenge, you know, trying to, I was, I remember trying to take star photos back then and just blowing through rolls and rolls of, of Provia slide film trying to get a, a dang star photo <laughs> and then yeah. i would i would get one shot where i could kind of make out the stars and then maybe like a you know a silhouette of a mountain and it was like oh this this is almost good you know and then but i had no idea what the settings were it, i didn't take <laughs> notes on what i had done to achieve that it was it was not repeatable uh so it was it was a rough learning curve back back in those days um but uh, a rough learning curve, like right now, still like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now you have instant feedback on what you're doing. All of your settings are embedded in your metadata and you can just refer to back to what worked and what didn't. And man, that talk about, yeah, that was a huge revolution. Um, uh, oh, totally, finally, please. Yeah. When I finally got yeah, a digital I camera. Yeah. I can only imagine what it was like with uh, the film days. Uh, that is Something I'm grateful <laughs> that I don't have to do. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. But so, so <clears throat> when did you make the jump to digital? Uh, when, when, yeah. when was that? Yeah. So continue um, from, from that point on, I knew like, okay, this, this is what I want to do for a living. I can, uh, I can spend more time outdoors and I can still, you know, process photos on the computer, but it's like, it's like a 50, 50, you know, mix yeah. I with that. So I went, I, at the time I, um, the thing you do is you go to college. And so I went back to college to, to in earnest, you know, to earn a degree in this new thing, um, so that I could get a job. And so I went to the art Institute of Colorado in Denver. Um, and, and then the first, my first year of school there, I was deep into, you know, dark room and um, processing my own film and doing all the, um, the traditional photography stuff. And then after that first year, that's when the flip, the switch flipped and everything went digital. And so, yeah. so I, this I actually, we're talking about like the 2000s. Uh, uh huh. Yeah. That, so this would have been about 2003 yeah yeah that's um, right when you mentioned the the rebel film camera um that and then then i i, I measure years in 
camera models. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So, yeah, in that year, um, so everyone in school um, got a digital camera, myself included, and then it was like, oh, wow, this whole new world opened up. And, well, that's um, interesting because you you were in school when that flip happened, and that flip in, in many areas happened literally within a course of like a year or, or a two-year span. Yeah. Yeah. And there was uh, around uh, my neck of the woods, there was a lot of apprehension towards it, especially uh-huh. when you were talking to people working in studios. So what was it like right. for that flip to happen while you were in school? Like your instructors, what, how did they take to digital? Um, and then the students, how did everybody take to this new format? Yeah, I yeah, I was lucky because the school had a, a pretty good budget. Um, so I got my hands on a lot of high end equipment that we could check out and rent. Um, that was a big advantage of going to school back uh, back then. And so we had um, we had like phase one digital backs and medium format cameras and stuff. Um, but they were astronomically priced. You know, like no oh, yeah. no student actually owned one. It was <clears throat> it was only through this uh like this checkout um system that you could use one of those but as far as like the students having their own digital cameras uh yeah we were able to um you know afford like a 10d the canon 10d was and then there's a nikon uh, d something i forget now yep. but but um yeah those were like the first big digital slrs that that really change the game and and our instructors were all yeah they were all very supportive of it um oh that's good yeah they knew that this they tried to embrace technology you know um because they they understood that um that was the future and um they wanted us you know to really be equipped for that so um yeah that was good i remember the canon 10d uh-huh that was uh that was that was a good camera. Uh, I yeah. think I jumped in at the twenty D level, uh-huh. but my uh-huh. first camera was the 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 digital Rebel. That I think it was the XT. That's uh-huh. when I jumped into digital. Uh huh. Cool. Yep. Yep. And then that that was the the, the early job. years. <laughs> yeah, and then I remember you know the five D Mark II came out, and then you can shoot video um and it was just a whole nother revolution yeah but, yeah so yeah <laughs> but even nowadays i mean a lot of people aren't really embracing you know mirrorless but that's the future it's it's just kind of how things go when um so you're you you finish school um and you went right into the, the, the sports authority job. Um, when did Fujifilm come into play? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I have a, a presentation. I, sometimes I, I give talks and presentations, you know, at camera stores. Um, and I, if you get a chance to listen in on one, I have slides where I tell this story. Uh, Cause it's pretty, <laughs> I think it's pretty entertaining. But I was on a, um, I was the photographer at Sports Authority, and we were um, we were doing a production, a big production um, on location, and I needed to source some props, and so we were pho- the the story was that we were photographing this family, you know, out on a hike, and they, and they were going to be, t- you know, what do you do on a hike? Will you take pictures? And so we needed a prop. Uh, so I happen to know somebody who had, um, an X 100 and I, I saw that camera and I was like, you know, that's a good looking camera. Why let's, can I use that as a prop, um, for our commercial shoot? And so, um, yeah, he lent it to me, uh, Larry, if you're listening, yep. Great guy. Uh, and so we took that camera on location and, and it was a prop and I just, I have a picture from the actual campaign where the the model is holding this x100 
V and he's looking at it like, this is a good looking camera. And I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, man, when this shoots over, I'm going to hold on to this camera and I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try this out. So that was, that was the beginning of the end. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, like everyone says, the gateway drug, that, that one got me. Um, so I held on to it and I shot that camera for, you know, a couple of weeks before I had to give it back, but it, um, yeah, it left the market. I mean, I, I just love this, the, the functionality and the, the form factor and then the images that came out of it. It was such a, a refreshing change up compared to the, the big, uh, medium format, like Hasselblad's and, and other cameras that I was using at the time. Like I just. I did not want to even look at those cameras um, during my time off, <clears throat> you know, when yeah. I wasn't on the clock. I wanted a camera that was fun and that, you know, that I that I wanted to like carry around and have with me. And um, boy, yeah, the X100 sure fit the bill. It was, that was a great, great little camera. When did you make the, the complete jump to, to Fujifilm? Okay, yeah, so that, um, <clears throat> that was near my, the end of my tenure, uh, at sports authority. And so when, um, so when I left sports authority and, and my wife and I got on the road and I still had, I had a bunch of Canon gear, um, as my own, you know, kit. And then, um, but I, I was shooting Canon on the road, but I just, it was fine. I just wasn't. I wasn't feeling it anymore though. Uh, it, every, everything was, you know, my kit was just too heavy and it, I wasn't feeling inspired with that camera anymore. And I knew that I was just, I wanted, I mean, I changed my whole life, my whole, turned my whole life upside down. And I, I figured like, why not reboot, you know, my whole approach, my whole, um, camera system. Um, so I, I took a chance and I, um, uh, I just, loaded up my shopping cart and ordered a bunch of well i ordered a an xt10 and um, a few lenses and that was only a 16 megapixel camera yep. and i shot the heck out of that thing i just oh man it weighed it was like feather light <laughs> and i took it with yeah. me everywhere and um it was it it basically just rekindled my love for photography just with the dials and and um the images i was getting out of it um everything about it was just like this yeah this is i know that mirrorless is going to be the future and i want to get in on the ground floor and i i'm not even looking back so I, just, I sold all the canon gear and just doubled down on fujifilm and then shot that um <clears throat> shot that xt10 for um a year or two and built up a body of work um on that camera and then um yeah that was i mean i never looked back i i so from there i took uh i took a portfolio of images to photo plus and i um printed up a nice book a uh, little portfolio and i um, got it and i got some meetings with the right people at the fujifilm booth and um and i didn't really wasn't sure if anything would come of it but then a few months later i got a call and they asked me if i would be a, a fujifilm x photographer and i was <laughs> hell yeah i was ecstatic <laughs> that was uh that was yeah, that was a definitely a highlight of that year. So, uh, that's, Where, that's so, basically it. but like, what what else does that entail? Like, what uh, because it's always different for everybody. The 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 be, being an ex photographer. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I did have some growing pains because I I I had never really done public speaking, and man, I can. I can summit 14,000 foot peaks and, and walk, um, you know, clamor up crazy exposed rocks, but like standing in front of a crowd of people and talking is, was like my worst nightmare. Um, and so I had to, 
learn how to, I had to get over that fear. They had me um, do a few presentations and talks, um, you know, it's at, at some photo events and um, that was good though. Cause I mean, I, I, I am a firm believer in pushing your comfort zone and anything that scares you, like you should really think about doing it because there's something there for you to, to grow from. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I, so I did a lot of speaking as a result of an ex-photographer, which I mean, it's great. I still am terrified by it, but uh, I, it's been a rewarding experience for sure. And um, I love helping people and educating people on photography and, and also, um, also singing the praises of Fujifilm because obviously I love that, that system, uh, the X series system. Um, so that's all been, um, when I can talk about cameras, it makes things a lot easier because that's, I mean, I live and breathe phot photography. And so that, that helps take some of the, the nervousness out of the equation. Um, yeah. And, and I lean heavily, you know, on visuals and um, if I can um, show people a lot of photographs and just talk about the craft, then that, that made things a lot easier for me to, to, to do presentations. Um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and then giving photo walks, um, that's another thing that as an ex-photographer, well, not so much, you know, during the pandemic, but before um, organizing photo walks and stuff um, is a good way to um, educate people and kind of bring communities together around photography. And um, we were rent, well, not renting, we were loaning, um, letting people try out all kinds of Fuji gear. Um, you know, we would go and uh, go on a walk, but we'd have tons of new bodies and lenses that, that people could try out. And so um, <clears throat> that was another another fun thing to do as an ex-photographer. And then, um, and then, yeah, you just, it's expected, you know, that you, you really need to be passionate about photography. Uh, you need to be a professional photographer, and then you, you need to, to really want to help people grow and learn um, the craft and and then yeah I'm all on board for those things so with with uh things presumably and, and knock on wood things open back up uh for for everybody in, in this country or or where whatever country you're in <laughs> uh everybody knock on wood collectively yeah. Um, what do you, what do you want to see from your work moving forward? I mean, I mean, right now you have, I mean, you have a great, uh, again, to, to bring it back full circle, you, you have a great career. You get to travel, uh, you, you are on the road, you are, your you portfolio you have such a great variety in, in, in that you're doing this kind of photography, you're doing that kind of photography. You're not beholden to one style or one, uh, you know, one genre or, or, or even one medium. Um, where, where do you see yourself going from here? This, uh, mm -hmm. with this year and, and the, you know, the, the, this upcoming year. <clears throat> yeah i mean that's a yeah that's a good question that's an existential question <laughs> that i grapple with uh frequently like where do i go from here <laughs> existentially and you know in reality um <clears throat> physically where's where are we going um no but yeah i i mean the goal is to constantly you know be excelling and growing and improving um pushing pushing my boundaries and and trying new things and i i don't honestly know um other than i'm tr i'm trying not to you know get stuck in a in a rut doing the same old thing over and over so i, I think it's important to experiment and to be curious and try new things and um one one avenue i'll tell you that i that i am pretty um passionate about still is um shooting more <clears throat> video related um 
like short films, um, documentary, documentary type stuff, um, with the Fuji system. Um, I want to do, I have some pitches out there, uh, to where hopefully I'll be doing some of those in the near future, but as, as in the, in the genre of, um, like wildlife conservation and, um, uh, in our impact on, um, human impact on the wilderness and, um, and with wildlife and the coexistence, you know, with, yeah. um, for instance, like the, um, wolves that have been, um, reintroduced in, in the American West and, um, they they have their presence has has there's been a resurgence of, of wolf population but they were recently de- delisted from the endangered species act and um it's a it's a loaded subject you know when when you get into the the rancher wolf dynamic but i think that there's a story there to be told um so that's uh one documentary that uh, i'm hoping to be doing soon where where i'll be out in the field documenting um that that interface and there's so much that we're that that we're continuously learning from that i i totally hear what Uh you're saying um because we found out i mean what was a few years ago that uh just reintroducing the wolf population will changed the environment as well Mm -hmm. Uh, right but yeah, to, to that point, that yes, the, that that would be a great opportunity. I would love to yeah. see uh, see that project because the the previous yeah. incarnations have been really fascinating. So, is there right. anything else that you haven't done before? Like, I mean, aside from video, like any other project that uh, that has really spoken to you that you you think you'll be doing pretty soon. Um, I think, you know, I'm going to be heading back home to, excuse me, I'm going to be heading back home to Denver for, um, for a bit. And so I'll probably reconnect with, uh, people there. Um, I would like to get back into, uh, yeah, shooting more urban type stuff also. Uh, so like um environmental portraits and and um people and places in the city yeah I just yeah i mean i love i love meeting new people and and photographing them and i haven't it's been hard to really um satiate that portrait uh the portrait life out here in the wilderness there aren't a lot of people and uh to take portraits of a lot of the time especially during the pandemic so that's something that i'm looking forward to getting back into and people Um, are now being allowed to to re uh, re re-enter their urban wilderness exactly (laughs) yeah yeah for sure so but it does get lonely out here you know it's pretty insular i mean i feel like it's already an insular type career um as a freelance photographer but then when you're literally out in the wilderness <laughs> it's like yeah it's, you're just all alone uh but yeah zoom and the internet does make it better so yeah. I, I i'm curious i i know this this has been both photography and travel related this time around but uh but i, I am very curious uh, because it's such a fascinating lifestyle um do you see yourself uh, you and your wife's uh, continuing this uh, mobile lifestyle or do you think there's going to be a time where you're going to say, all right, enough, let's go back home. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I think that we'll always be traveling for, you know, our entire lives. Um, we, we don't have kids and so we're not really, we're not super tied down and we've, we're both just super, passionate about traveling um we've been across like europe and southeast asia and india and like we just have never regretted traveling (laughs) full stop it's like yeah it's brought it's given us so much in our lives and and we've got we've learned so much about the world and about ourselves and so we'll always travel to some degree um we may just move to a new 
continent and do it. Um, but that being said, like it is important to um, to take breaks and because um, it does like anything, it does get hard. It does get um, it does wear on you. Um, yeah, to be traveling all the time, and there's it's like a yin yang situation. You know, you, like you really appreciate travel when you're stuck at home and then when you're traveling you really start to miss you know a, a home base and so we will probably you know just try to keep a healthy mix of that going you know indefinitely but we have no plans of selling the airstream we're, we're definitely going to hold on to that for a while and, and just um have that regardless of what happens um and i we we love the west i mean we've been traveling around the West, you know, the past several years, and there's still new places and amazing new experiences and, and things that we, we are still discovering. So I don't really see that. I don't see travel getting old <laughs> ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you, is there a place that you haven't visited that you want, uh, you and your wife want to visit? Absolutely. I mean, we really miss international travel, you know, um, right now with the pandemic. Um, but we would love to, to check out, um, Japan. Uh, I think it's going to be towards the top of our list and get over there and maybe rent, uh, an RV or a van or something and, and do that for a while. Um, also Norway is high up on my list. I'd love to check out Norway and Scandinavia and, and um, and then um, Australia, New Zealand, man, I don't know, there's just so many places. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully things open up so that you can continue that travel. And, yeah. Uh, so we all can. Right on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, man, it's been awesome chatting with you. Um one more time, tell the world where they can find you on the web so they can check out your amazing work and uh, video work. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, yeah, so Instagram is Seth K. Hughes, and that's the same on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, and my website is SethKHughes.com. Awesome. Well, again, I, I'd like to bring you back on another time when... Uh, Absolutely. Uh, just to just share stories on the road and, and uh-huh. anything else, but uh, um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to, <laughs> but good luck out there. And uh, again, it, it was awesome chatting with you, man. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks Mark. Uh, looking forward to next time. <laughs>